Welcome to the Outward OPC podcast. Outward OPC is a work of the Committee on Home Missions, and it exists to encourage zeal for reaching the lost and to be a tool for the OPC and other Reformed churches to be more effective in reaching people outside the church. You can check out the website at outwardopc.com for articles, videos, and tools to help you and your church be more outward in your ministry. Now on with today's episode. Brad Herzog here for Outward OPC, and today I have Mark Sumter with me. Mark is the regional home missionary for the Presbytery of the Southwest. Uh, He has spent a lot of time ministering in the OPC, first as a local pastor, and now helping them uh, as a regional home missionary to oversee sort of church planting efforts, and we'll hear a lot more about that as we talk to Mark. I'm curious, I I, I tend to want to put things in perspective, uh, and I'm thinking for the listener's sake too, Just, just an educated guess. Over the years that you've been doing this, you've been, are we talking, I mean, have you been out there hundreds of times, a couple thousand times knocking on doors? That's a great question. I don't know. I mean, I, um, you know, I'll I'll just say the the Lord gave me a wonderful Orthodox Presbyterian minister in my seminary days who modeled this for us as seminarians. And so the door-to-door started back in... um, uh, really and truly in the early 80s, 1980s. And then when the Lord allowed us to go to Wasilla, Alaska and to plant for the OPC up there, uh, we did more door-to-door work up there, or sometimes I call it, just I just call it this muffins delivery, yeah. delivering muffins to yeah. businesses and to fire stations and to police stations and library staff and yeah, emergency medical service uh, personnel. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of cold calling over the years. I I, I don't know. So you know? I'm, I'm going to jump in just for a second. Just as your work as an RHM in Texas, uh, because I have, okay. a follow, I have a follow-up question. That's why I'm asking this. How many, roughly, just ballpark, how many doors knocked on yeah. as, your, as an RHM? I would, I would say uh, between 500 and 1,000 okay. as an RHM. Perfect. How many have, tur- just again, ballpark, how many have turned into more than a doorstep visit? Multiple visits, texting, dinner? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, maybe just a ballpark. It, it, it hasn't been many. I, okay. I, I would say, um, I would say uh, 15 to 20. Okay, that's fair. There's a reason I'm asking that question. And it, 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 as I was listening to the stories, it leads me to this question. In Reformed churches, in OPC churches, I think the discussion about outreach kind of has two categories. It has the very public, street preaching, park, neighborhood fair, knocking on doors. And there's a conversation there about what we do and, and, and where we spend our time. And it, I think if we're honest, the conversation always questions the fruitfulness of it. Do we really see anything? Second category, the relational, the personal, getting to know your neighbors, congregants, work, you know, people from work and family and things like that, feels like there's more fruit because there's more relationship. Am I correct that you're describing a very public-driven evangelism that you do, but the goal is a very personal Connection. You're, in other words, I'm not saying you're consciously thinking of this. I'm wondering if I'm getting this right. You're kind of blending the two. You're not just saying, well, we're not going to do street preaching and we're not going to do street fairs because that doesn't really produce fruit. We're going to focus on our neighbors, our family, our coworkers. But you're also not saying you're, you're, you're kind of doing both and one leads to the other. Am I, am I 
catching that correctly? I think you are. And let me just say, let me say this as a response, because this is, this is my take, brother. Just as I, when, when I was serving a local car and I, I've served in a couple of different local congregations, when I have served as pastor of a local congregation, like other brothers, there is a schedule to keep. There's a schedule to line out for the week or every two weeks, a schedule is, is unfolding. And just as we have appointments and those appointments are to call on, uh, you know, regular calls of shut-ins, hospital visits, uh, regular calls of an elder visit that's by appointment, certainly my study hours, uh, certainly my planning hours for meetings, certainly my Bible study prep or my Sunday school lesson prep. All of those things are true. And the thing that dawned on me when I was in Southern Oregon is, and it was toward the end of my time there, uh, my last two and a half to three, four years maximum of my last three to four years being there was crafting into my schedule door-to-door visitation. Doorstep visitation is what I actually call it, doorstep visitation. And so it now became a part of my schedule. It was Saturday mornings, roughly 1030 to noon. And that has been a super helpful thing for me to do is to, and, and here's now the teeth I want to put to this. For me, in my own personal life experience and who I am as a person, for me, having, I'm not sure how to say this and to say it with courtesy and kindness in my voice and everything. So I wrestle with how to say this, but having a purpose at the door helps me immensely. I do not have to go to a coffee shop waiting and hoping that someone might strike up a conversation because they see my Bible sitting next to my coffee cup or they see a religious book that I'm reading. Uh, for me personally, it is a fantastic, very practical means, very transparent means. If God allows the person to answer the door, they know why I'm there. <laughs> and I mean, that in the best sense of that, I'm, I'm not there to say, gotcha, man, I got you now. No, no, no. I'm there as a friend. I am there as a pastor in the area. But for me, I, I don't. I don't have to wonder where this conversation is going to go. I, I can at least, in, in the sense I'm talking now, yeah, they they could slam the door on me. You know that that's happened. They can close it swiftly. But for me, I get the wonderful opportunity to leave some literature with them at a minimum. Typically, typically, that's okay. Most folks will take a piece of literature on the church, and that's okay with what they do with it. Not a problem. But, but now I know, you know, they know why I'm there. I know why I'm there. I'm courteous. I'm friendly. I'm wanting to be friendly. Uh, I sometimes have to learn greater courtesies. And I mean this. I've sometimes have stuck my foot in my mouth and I'll say, that did not go well, Mark. But the purpose for my visit is plain. And that's what I'm driving at. And so then what happens if God allows where I can ask, do you mind if I swing back by sometime, I'm folksy about that. It's not pushy. And again, that's my personality. My dad taught me, Mark, you're the first one reaching the hand to hand sh to shake someone's hand. You look them in the, I mean, I'm old school, old school. My dad taught me courtesies about, about greeting people and befriending people 
within those early uh, moments of meeting someone. So by God's grace, I seek to be courteous at the door, and I do in a folksy way say, do you mind if we stop back by? Hey, we might be back out in the area. We, we actually come out to these neighborhood quite often, and we do. I'm, I'm telling the truth. We're back out in another, another part of the neighborhood. And I'll say, if we're, you know, if we're back out this week, you know, can we swing back by and see you folks? And it's just a great, a great opportunity for that reason. But again, that's a purposeful thing. It's in my schedule. Um, I learned that back out in Southern Oregon. And just as I'm going to be making a hospital visit on Wednesday afternoons, I've got Saturdays from 1030 to noon. And maybe I do it every other Saturday. Maybe I do it every third Saturday. No problem. No problem. Um, but it's a part of the fabric of my life now. And Brad, I'll say this one last thing. I, I kid you not. Those, those doorstep visits, God is helping me to write sermons. Man, I tell you right now, uh, because insight into the word I didn't get, uh, oh, that's right. This Bible passage would have been much better. Or, you know, I hadn't even thought about what he asked me before. And it, he's, he may, maybe he's not writing tomorrow's sermon. I'm there on a Saturday and he's going to write tomorrow's sermon for Sunday. But that's happened a lot too. Um, but he's, he's helping me to write. You know, I write, I write by God's spirit, the sermon is getting written. We know that. But God uses people in our lives to bring some form of illumination or some insight or something, you know, that's right. I didn't, even, you know, it gives us pause. We get to get stopped in our tracks about something. You know what? I never thought about that before. And that's another benefit that I get by getting out. And I'll tell you right now, man, the learning, the opportunities, finding out who's in the community. I know I'm getting off track, but I tell you, this is the kind of stuff that gives me a purposeful, transparent, very open. I say it in the best sense of the word. Everyone knows why the pastor is there. He's, he's there having something to do with the work of the gospel, the church, and the claims of Christ. So it's, it's outstanding for me. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. If I can maybe just shift gears a little bit from, we've talked a lot about your personal approach to evangelism and even training men who are uh, church planters. I wonder if we could shift gears to you've now seen, I, I, I don't know what the tally is. It's probably five to 10 or more OPC groups, potential groups, church plants that you've been visiting, dabbling, preaching, helping, you know, some very intimately involved with some helping somebody else with. I wonder as you think about a reformed church and a reformed core group and church plant, thinking about being more outward, you know, for, for people in our day and age, they may be working with a bunch of unbelievers and they come home and home is like just a respite from the world. They go to church. It might be the only Christians they see all week. And it's like an oasis where they can talk theology or they can talk you know, Christian things, and they go to their friends that they haven't seen. How have you helped church planters? How have you thought about encouraging reformed churches and core groups to balance those legitimate desires of being refreshed on Sunday with their friends and talking theology, with also trying to say, our homes need to be a little bit hospitable from time to time. You know, Sundays we need to be more than just saying hi to people. How do we, how do you think about and how do you encourage men to create more of a culture of evangelism, friendship, hospitality to those that are coming into our midst? Wow. Uh, that's, that's, that's always the, uh, that's always a big 
big, big challenge for sure uh, uh, to, to be able to do that. Um, I'm not here to give you softballs. <laughs> well, I, I, um, uh, let, let me try to go at it this way, and I don't, I don't know if this this will be helpful or not, or what have you. But I, and I, and I want to make sure, I want to make sure folks know, you know, Brad, I, I'm leaning on other people. I, I, I don't, I don't sit back and man have nine, you know, four hour brainstorming sessions on how to pull this off. I, I you know, the Lord has allowed me to you know, see different churches in different contexts, which means I get to see different pastors in different contexts. And I mean, I, I learned so much by the imitation principle. I do watching what other men, other brothers have done. And that's been very, very helpful. So, so I, I'm, I'm just being upfront here. That's exactly where I'm at right now when I attempt to answer this question is learning from others, watching what others have done. I'm going to start with the pulpit as far as the place of trying to be more, how would you say here, you know, be more focused and intentional about the matters of our, about the church's evangelistic mandate and her, her, her task of outreach. And I start with the pulpit and here's, here's where I start is, and I, I want to, I, I'm going to qualify it again. I'm going to qualify by saying, I know I was on a, I was on the phone with a pastor just like last week, and, and he is asking me the same question. And I and I told him I said, dear brother, we want to try our best that this is not to be contrived, as we sometimes say in everyday conversation, not forced, not plastic. I do try from the pulpit to to be deliberate, as I have said, to be deliberate about the claims of Christ, and and even to say words in the preaching moment, in the moment of sermon delivery, to have words along the line that maybe there's someone here. And so I, I, I'll say words that seek to address the congregation in a way that they're, they're I don't mean this in a boastful, but, but I know they're, they're watching me. They're watching what I say. They're listening to what I say. I did the same thing as I said under my pastor. I would watch him and listen and learn of him. And the imitation principle is huge in my life. It still is. But as as the congregants hear the pastor, even in an imaginary way, you can say it this way. Let's imagine someone uh, is with us in two weeks and they got they have this particular question. And that gives me a segue to bring an application point of a question that someone has. Certainly the person can be there and I can say it that way. Maybe there's someone here this morning or congregation, imagine with me just maybe next month, somebody walks in the door and we've gotten to know them. We come to find out they have this particular question. What am I doing at that point? The congregation in a small way is starting to track with me that it's important to be praying for visitors, praying for people around us who may not know uh, some of the essentials of the doctrines uh, concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. They're growing in their consciousness that their pastor, their church planter, has an awareness that a visitor might be with us today, or someone who will later uh, listen to the recording of this sermon might listen and they've got this particular question or they're facing this issue or they're coming back from this background or this circumstance. The congregation is watching and listening to me um, opening that door of that possibility because you see a lot of times we're not even thinking about 
the non-believer. We're not even thinking that there's someone who may be wrestling with a question. We're not even thinking that there's someone who may be from a particular background or a circumstance in life where there's particular application for them. And, uh, and in that regard, I'm in a small way helping to address the culture of outreach as people are thinking themselves. That's right. You know, our pastor is thinking about these folks. I should be too. I should be praying. I should be thinking about that. Uh, the other one I come to is what I've mentioned as well is making tools available. It could be as simple as, you know, over the next four, four weeks, uh, we're going to be we're going to be spending quite a bit of time in you know Matthew 28 18 to 20 we're going to be spending quite a bit of time in you know my point is you're coming up to a series of sermons because you're going to be in a passage for a little while and it lends itself to giving practical tools to uh, you know folks of the congregation that they in fact can use and so you want to do some homework and find those smaller booklets those smaller tools that fit well with the sermons, fit well with some of the areas uh, from the text that you're going to be uh, handling in those sermons, and and they're very easy for people to latch onto and use. And so you get those tools out and make them available, and you're promoting those tools. Um, you can do that in sermon notes. You can do that in your you know church bulletin, that sort of thing. But again, you're helping to build the culture of outreach that there are tools now available that you can use. Um, with your neighbors. Uh, one other one I can think of is the matter of hospitality. I know some of our pastors um, will have like uh, a, a Lord's Day, uh, a, a Sunday where there's a great emphasis about getting invitations out. And so there can be a great deal in extensive sort of promotional work and advertising sort of work. My, 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 my thought there is just getting the word out and, and making those uh, cards available to our people to be sure and hand to a neighbor to invite them uh, to, uh, to come and hear the word of God. Um, that's another way to be trying to transfer interest, uh, transfer and heighten awareness about, about matters of outreach uh, uh, with us. I thought of one other area. Um, I've not ever actually used this for outreach, but it comes to my mind. Uh, one of our church planters and I, we've been talking about in light of the COVID virus being out, we've been talking some, we, we've not been able to, to do this and pull this off, but we've been talking some about maybe uh, doing a seminar on hope and that being a very practical tool and, and having, having sort of low numbers for our expectation. For example, if we had eight people attend this seminar, 10 people, 12 people, a smaller number, a lower number to attend, uh, the thought would be to try to build friendships with those six, eight, 10, uh, 12 that would come to this seminar. Maybe we would do it on a Friday night and a Saturday morning only. And we have found when we've done things like that, when we, we've done Christian Explored a couple times, we have found that giving people a, a long um, sort of a, uh, a soon enough notice, our own people first, to be praying for names, be praying for people, um, sometimes two months and three months in advance, that before we even start with some advertising uh, or promotion or getting cards out, or like in this case, doing a hope seminar, in the case I mentioned just a second ago, doing Christianity Explored, we're praying over those names. 
And then we start the promotional work after we've prayed for two or three months for those particular names. And we have found here in Southwest Houston, sometimes needing like three months of some lead up, you know, lead up time to the event or to the Christian Explorer launching that first lesson uh, from the Gospel of Mark to be very, very helpful. And that way people are thinking, people are praying, and we're, we're having to be deliberate about those prayers and asking God to lead us, asking God in our dependency upon him to lead us to people that we might invite. And in particular, those names, people that we know that we can get an invitation to. Those are some practical things that come to my mind, Brad. Yeah, that's helpful. Thanks. So Mark, the description you've given of the evangelism that that you've that has been modeled to you and that you've been involved in, it, it's very people intensive, as I guess any evangelism needs to be, but particularly the the patients that you talked about, and it's getting into people's lives cold. You know, it's not just friends and family. It's it's meeting people and knowing their stories. I wonder, I think I'd be on solid ground. I, I know you well enough, and other people uh, w- would say the same thing, that we all know you have to have a heart for people in evangelism. They're created in the image of God. We, you know, you've got to have something stirred in you about that. And it, it seems that for whatever reason, in whatever way, the Lord has cultivated that in your heart to have a, a sense of these are people creating the image of God. I wonder if you have some thoughts on, it's mysterious how the Spirit does that, but what has shaped you just to have a heart for people as created in the image of God? Uh, you know, whether it be a, a pastor, books, sermons, you know, whatever it is, some of us can be very intimidated by spending a lot of time with people, whether you're an introvert whether you get frustrated, whatever it is. Do you have any thoughts for people who, you know, maybe maybe have a heart and a mind to want to do these types of things, but but aren't aren't necessarily there yet in sort of that deep-rooted sense that this is, you know, C.S. Lewis, you don't meet a, a mortal person. Everybody's, how can we cultivate that from the strongest Christians to the weakest Christians? How can we cultivate more of that in our own lives so that the, the Lord would give us that strength? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think of the Lord Jesus Christ and his own um, uh, modeling with his disciples. It, you, you, can't, you just can't get away from the fact that, under, understandably so, I know, he's in a unique situation to where he's called these men away from their vocational pursuits, their livelihoods. Um, but the principle is uh, it, it is back to modeling and imitation and and being around those who are demonstrating and 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 working at those skills and and uh, being those who are you know taking the initiative to to try to draw someone out a bit or to listen to them and to and to watch that 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 is so true in my life i i uh, by watching my my OPC pastors over the years, and that watching can take place on a Sunday after worship as I see them interact with people. That watching can take place when I'm I'm at a work day at the church property, you know, and I'm watching the interaction that's taking place and going on. And so the I'll, I'll just say it, you know, the the life that I see that is seeking to be, you know, to be open to initiating friendships and developing those friendships. And the life that I see that be, that's, that's showing a, a heart and, a, and an interest and, 
and uh, quick to listen and slow to speak is a, is a is a life that then becomes contagious to me when I'm watching those things. Um, so that's I, I would say get around uh, brothers and sisters who who do those kinds of things well and and it becomes contagious as you're as you're learning uh, you know some of the ways of of interaction and speaking and initiating and 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 listening and, and learning to at times just listen just be quiet and listen to what's going on in, in the life of a person but it's uh i mean that's what's been a big impact on my life i, I would say the second whole area would be missionary biographies i i have um well, in, in addition to missionary biographies, I also have biographies of pastors. I have biographies of evangelists on my shelf. And so to listen through their own testimony and to, and to, and to read their stories about their own interaction and what they learned, what they saw, what they experienced is also contagious for me. And yes, they may be doing it in a cross-cultural context, as we say, they're overseas doing it. You know, some of the biographies I have read are men uh, who have a strong application of their gifts in the areas of evangelism and outreach, and it's great to uh, it's great to to learn from them as I read about them. So, you know, those are some things that come to my mind as um, learning to, to to pray, learning to anticipate God's opportunities here, uh, and and learning as I go, learning as I go as I'm thinking about developing that heart, developing that interest, praying about that heart and interest. Um, it is work. It is, it, it, it is not easy. I, again, I, I think the Lord helps me with some initial first conversations with people where I really feel I wish I had much, much, much more to offer uh, another image bearer is really being able to zero in on the questions they're asking me and how I might be faithful in the word to do my very best faithfully with that word to bring application to them. I, I sense, I sense a great deal that I need, uh, I need help in, in areas of being that much more of a teacher and a counselor. Um, after the Lord has given me three or four visits with them, I really need discernment. Lord, how can I best, best put forward this kind of love to keep reaching out to them that's now purposeful in your word you know and it's true in, in the sense that it's it's the application they need and i'm not always the best discerning person about that that's good thanks well thanks for your time mark we really appreciate hearing both the thoughts behind the, the work that you're doing but also some of those stories that you told us and i think it'll be helpful for people to maybe even get a window into the life of a regional home missionary in the OPC. So thanks for your time today. We appreciate it. Uh, very good, Brad. It's been a great pleasure to be with you and what an honor. Thanks so much. That's it for today's episode. You can go to the website at outwardopc.com to check out more resources. And you can sign up for our email list where you will receive notifications when new things are available. Until then, we'll see you next episode.